These are the psychological implications of understanding Tawheed. It is easy to say Allah is one. But is He one in my life? Is, is, he, is he the one for me? Or do I have some other one that I'm running after? Or some other thing that I put before myself? Allah asked this question rhetorically. He says, مَا غَرَّكَ بِرَبِّكَ الْكَرِيمُ What deluded you from your gracious master? What was so important to you that you ran after? That you couldn't come after this? SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. So when he uses this word, Allahu ahad, it's psychological implications. It's implications on our attitude towards Allah. And how we think about our life completely changes. Now there is nothing more important to me than making him happy. Nothing more important to me than him being pleased with me. Nothing more important to me than he forgiving me. Nothing more important to me than he would talk to me on the Day of Judgment telling me that I'm successful. He will look towards me. I will not be from the ones he turns away from. وَلَا يُكَلِّمُهُمُ اللَّهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Allah will not talk to them on the Day of Judgment. May Allah not make us from those people. These are some of the psychological implications of just internalizing Ahad. Ahad. Just that word. What Allah is saying, this is who Allah is. This is what He's supposed to do. And I want to conclude because it's time for Salah with the following. What are the real problems that you should avoid? Financial problems are nothing. Health problems are nothing. The problem of Iman is something big. In comparison, this is nothing compared to that problem. You know, you have social problems is nothing. You know, job problem is nothing. Compared to the problem that I'm immersed in evil deeds and I need to start doing good deeds to save myself, that's a much bigger problem. And the ayat of Allah, the creations of Allah, when you reflect on them, naturally what happens is you remember your Creator, you remember what you owe Him and where you're headed. They fail to see the creations around them as signs. Another thing they fail to see is the lessons of history, which is actually what this surah is highlighting. When, when Allah says, وَالْعَصْرِ Remember the word asr, time as it passes away? If you just reflect on history and how many people have come and failed and have gone, they had a little bit of time to become a success and they didn't make use of that time and they failed and they're gone and their chance is over. Then a new generation came with a new chance and they lost their chance and their time was over. And now it's my turn, I have a chance. I better not make the mistake that these people made which is why Allah tells me of the nations of the past who lost the opportunity. You know, Allah is alluding to all of those historic accounts in the Qur'an just in the word wal-asr. Because all of them, their ultimate loss was not availing the time that they had before it gets too late. You know, مِن قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَ Before a punishment comes. When you're too preoccupied with your own life, you fail to look at the Qur'an, you fail to look at revelation, you fail to look at the legacy of Rasulullah for guidance. Oh, how should I live my life? What should I aspire towards? Because if your only concern is your career, you're really not going to get career advice in programming from the Rasul right? You're not going to get that from the Qur'an. But if you're looking for where should I spend my money? How should I raise my kids? How should I be to my neighbor? What, do I, what more do I owe my parents? When you start thinking, you know, why am I, what good can I do? Then you turn to the book. Then you turn to the Messenger So this preoccupation with the self, in and of itself, is a loss of the human being. It's not just a remedy for the akhirah, it is also a remedy for dunya. Because in the end, the loss of the human being will happen in the akhirah, but it's also happening in dunya, it's happening here too. And Allah answers both of them in this profound surah. Like Allah Azza wa says, يَا أَيُّهَا الْإِنسَانِ إِنَّكَ كَادِحٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ كَدْحًا فَمُلَاقِيهِ Amazing ayah. Human, you forgetful human being, you are marching forward, toiling forward. Kadh is to move with a, with a lot of effort. 
right? Whether you like it or not, you're marching towards Allah Azza wa Jalla, and you will get to meet Him. Whether you think you're going to meet Him or not, whether you prepare for it or not, whether you care or not, whether you want to hear it or not, every single second that passes, you are one step closer to meeting Him. Every day that passes, you are one step closer to meeting Him. You could live your life of sin, and you could party it away, that's fine. Living it up, right? Like there's no tomorrow. There is a tomorrow, and it's coming. And you will meet Him. So this is, this is the, the uh, profound lesson embedded in this uh, surah also. There are two obstacles that keep human beings from saving themselves. Now what is the path to save yourself? There are two things. Those are, in the Qur'an we find, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا wa. What's after wa? عَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَةِ This is what we find all over the Qur'an, right? They believe and they act. They believe and they act. Even though we haven't talked in detail about what Iman is Allah referring to, what righteous deed is Allah referring to. We're just using them as terms, as tags and phrases right now. But generally, this is the path to salvation. This is the path to save yourself and be successful in the Akhirah. The first step, Iman. The second step, action. Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah argues there are two obstacles before the people that keep them from Iman and action. What are those two obstacles? So he says the two things that keep people from accepting the truth are doubts and Temptations. What, what does he mean by that? You see, when you ask someone to accept this deen, you're asking them to give up a lot of things. Another one says, I can't give up the life of partying, I can't, can, can't give up the women, I can't give up the clubs, I can't give up the drugs, I can't give up this or that or the other. These are desires. On the one hand, there's a person who says, this is right, but I cannot live by this because I'm too the gravitational pull of temptation is just too strong for me. Either one of these things will keep you from the deen. Either one of these things. And by the way, most people, the problem is in doubt. Most people, the problem is temptations. And then when they fall into their temptations, shaitan comes in and adds a new virus, which is doubt. The real problem is their hearts have desires. And they don't want to give up their desires. And to cover that up, they make all kinds of intellectual excuses. And when you get rid of all of them, the truth comes out that it was really their desire. I don't want to change. You know, I don't want to change. This is, this is his, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, sad state that he doesn't want to come out of. Now, why mention this in the midst of this surah? You see, at the end, Allah says, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ But he mentioned two more things, didn't he? Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah argues, Truth is the removal of what? Doubt. Truth is the weapon against doubt. So, gets rid of one obstacle. And what was the other obstacle? Shahawat, temptations, desires. To fight against those desires, knowing the truth is not enough. What must you have? The strength to not fall into them. The strength to hold back, to control yourself. Where does that come from? Watawasawbi? Asab. You see how beautifully those two obstacles that keep people from Iman and Amal al Saliha, they are mentioned in Watawasawbil Haq and Watawasawbil Sabr. This is the, the comment that I felt was very, very important for us to understand. But you know what happens? Human beings, when they completely immerse themselves in their own problems, that's all they think about is themselves, then they fail to see that they are part of a larger picture. And they fail to see that their problems are nothing compared to the problems that are lying ahead. You think this is a problem? There's way bigger lying ahead. So they think they are in loss now, but if you put it in perspective, it's nothing compared to the loss that is coming. This is the first thing that we want to make note of. But actually what we're learning in this surah and many, many, many places in the Qur'an is that these two things are inseparable. You, you really can't separate iman from action. From a logical point of view, we're not even, I'm not even going to give you a religious explanation. From a fairly, fairly simple 
you know, a, a logical point of view. If you really believe fire burns, if you really believe it burns, would you touch it? No. If you're convinced it's going to harm you, it will affect your behavior. If you really believe that going to your job is important, you believe that, you're convinced of that, you're going to go on time. If you don't think it's that important, you might slack off. So it entirely depends on what your action is now determined by what? You believe. That's a very simple thing to understand. So to disconnect these two things and say, yeah, I don't pray but I still have iman. Or I don't, yeah, I don't concern myself too much about halal and haram. Or I don't concern myself too much with the commandments of Allah Azza wa But I still have iman. That's a fallacy. These two things are necessarily intertwined and connected. They're connected. And actually Allah Azza wa sometimes He talks to the believers and He says, what kind of iman is this? What kind of iman do you people have? He says, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, lima taquluna ma la taf'alun. Those of you who have iman, why do you say what you don't do? The criticism in that ayah, you have iman, but what's not there? Action. How, what kind of iman is this that you don't have action? Similarly, he says, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, ma lakum? He says, those of you who have iman, what's wrong with you? Whenever you're told, come forward in Allah's path, your feet get planted into the earth, you don't move forward. In other words, Allah is calling you to action by challenging whether or not you have iman. They're connected together, they're inseparable. So this, this change of attitude, before you think about anybody else, you and I have to experience this change of attitude.